Hello, I am Jeremy Kingsbury. This is Way Too Twog's Bagpipe and History Podcast, the show where you come along with me as I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers. Let's listen to some tunes. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I've been away and still am away for a bit of time. And I'm away from my office where I can practice all the tunes I want and record them into a can and uh, get a decent recording of them. Uh, and I'm working a 9 to 5 job pretty regularly. Um, in theory, I'm up here doing research, which is certainly happening, and kind of helping to think about how I'm going to write about the fur trade in my dissertation. Uh, but I'm also kind of filling in, um, working uh, the weeks at Grand Portage National Monument again, talking about the fur trade, doing bagpipe demos. Uh, it's been kind of cool. The Randomly, the first week I was here, uh, I met uh, Ross Anderson's college buddy uh, for Ross's music page while just finishing playing Mr. Preston's hornpipe on some border pipes. But uh, yeah, so I've been playing lots of tunes and enjoying that, but uh, not really been able to record them. It's awkward to have a laptop and a Zoom recorder outgoing while you're trying to talk to people about the 1790s. So I've just been doing live performances again, which is sort of weird. Uh, anyway, I do have an episode for you today. Uh, it's not going to be much of me playing, though. I'll sing and play Macintosh's Lament, which I've been talking about for a couple weeks now. But most of the tunes on this episode are going to come from James Moyer, or Piping Jim, or the host of the Droning On podcast. I put a link to this on the Facebook page. Uh, weeks ago when it first came out, but uh, I know the Facebook page doesn't really get a lot of traffic, so uh, James was kind enough to let me use some of the audio, uh, which I had been meaning to do, but never got around to it, so I'll play you a little bit from our interview, and then also James kind of surprised me with a bunch of really cool hymns uh, from uh, really the 17th century and earlier. I think there might be one 19th century one, uh, but he's working on a project of kind of old school hymns on Scottish small pipes, and you get some really cool stuff out of it. Uh, he's playing a lot of tunes. I guess all the tunes I'm selecting here are from uh, Timothy Cummings' book. Uh, so yeah, highly recommend. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna listen to that. Highly recommend checking out Timothy Cummings' book and uh, checking out the Joining On podcast. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later as we go on. So from James playing on a set of Walsh small pipes that he gets incredible range from uh, with his kind of alternate fingerings using tape and doing some really cool stuff with his drones, uh, we're going to hear the following hymns. Uh, Windsor, Condator Alme Sidrum, not sure about pronunciations, y'all, uh, Cheshire, Longlaufen, Beredin, Vag Verheren, and Detroit. Uh, yeah, just some, some really cool sound out of there. Uh, and then I'm going to play from Alexander Campbell's um, Albion Anthology, whatever that was from uh, last week. Uh, anyway, from Alexander Campbell's, I'm going to play Sing in the Breach of the Garden and uh, play Macintosh's Lament. So the cool thing about um, Campbell's work is it has the English and the Gaelic translation of things. Um, and yeah, Macintosh's Lament is a Pibroch, one of the first Pibrochs I ever learned. Um, first one I learned properly. I played the little spree beforehand, but I, I didn't know that it was a P-Brook. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so it's Macintosh's Lament, uh, but the, the lyrics to it just really drive home kind of what the tune's about. So I'm going to sing that uh, in English, and then uh, I also am going to play another track from Chris Gray. So Chris Gray is an outstanding piper and really all-around musician, and he's got this awesome track on YouTube I found and asked him if I could play it on the podcast. Uh, so bought a track of it, and uh, it's just great. But it's Macintosh's Lament, as well as the song, uh, I guess it'd be Kuma McToysik, um, but sung by like a musician that knows how to sing Gaelic. So it's quite a bit good. So we'll, we'll go out on that from Chris Gray as well. So I'm really contributing minimally to this episode, um, but still wanted to... Still wanted to put it out. Uh, and I think our next episode is going to be different as well. It's clear I'm not going to be able to record a new episode while I'm up here. Um, so I've got to get back to my office, start writing my dissertation, and unwinding by recording pipes, and then we'll have another episode. Uh, anyway, so like I said, this episode is going to be a little bit abbreviated from, or a little different from, from usual. So let's begin by listening to a bit of the interview between myself and James. It's a massive interview. Uh, we recorded for three hours, um, and James's podcast hosts or the fees he's paying are considerably better than mine, so um, he's actually able to host a three-hour episode. Um, so you can check it out. It's it's a lot of... I always say, like, the first hour or so, we do a pretty good job of staying on topic. And then the last two hours, it just feels like, oh, we just became really good friends. Um, so if you're going to listen to uh, Bagpipers become friendly, um, it's a pretty cool thing to listen to. But one thing I, I always wanted to get around to talking about here was sort of where the name of the podcast comes from. And uh, that made it into the podcast. So I'll play a little section of James and I's discussion to give you a taste but you should definitely go over to Droning On and check out the that whole episode and really a lot of the other ones as well. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about James's podcast, um, but here is a small sample of our discussion and we'll come back with some tunes. And so like, maybe this is an appropriate spot to give you just a minute to tell me um, about your podcast, which is the way that I personally found you. Um, yeah. Maybe even, yeah. did you start with the name? Because I have just... I haven't found I've I I know I haven't exhausted your entire catalog of episodes. And so maybe you mention it in there, but I have not yet come to an episode where you explain Yeah, no. Tell me about I, that. I don't I don't. Or, or um, you know what, if you don't want to, if you'd rather oh, no, be no, a mystery, I'll explain that's fine it. Too. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'll explain it. It's it's sort of funny. Uh so uh I'm a little upset with you <laughs> cuz I just wound up going back and listening to old episodes of the podcast and uh just having that full on, oh, I was a fool when I was 20. I thought I was better than this. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, I started the podcast when I was 20. So in 2006, um, and I think I was the only bagpipe podcast around, um, although maybe I just wasn't searching right, but it sure seemed like I was the only bagpipe podcast around after I had been, I put out a couple episodes and then the National Piping Center put out a podcast but it was a video podcast because that mm. was sort of where everybody thought this was going yeah. um and that was very short-lived i think they had two episodes um and i just i don't know i you know podcasts were sort of brand new i always joke that it was like just me and skin ninja right um, i have heard and, you mention that, that was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it um but i didn't i had no idea for a title i don't know what inspired me to think you know what i should do is, is make a podcast um and and so like i joked in the first episode 
say, oh yeah, I guess it's going to be way too drugs, podcast and bagpipe power. That's, That's a dumb right, name. I'll yeah. come up with something better. <laughs> Uh, and, and then wasn't it like season I four or so that you first were like, oh, I guess I'll take the power thing off of it, right? Because of the because of the unfortunate association some people made with white power, right? Yeah, well, that's what I was always nervous about. Um, yeah. And like, so that was my having Weichu Twag in there felt like a cure to that. I think in my twenty year old head, like, so Weichu Twag's my nickname in Ojibwe language, which is you know an indigenous language um, in Lake Superior, the Great Lakes area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I was going to college to study that, so like I was taking classes in Ojibwe language and wound up with this this nickname Way Too Twag that a lot of people called me by. And as like a white kid taking indigenous language classes, when a bunch of native people start calling you something, you're like, heck yeah, that's what I'm going to be known yeah, as. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I also liked it because it's it's stupid. Like it's um, I'll, I'll jokingly say, yeah, Way Too Twag. It means like powerful, brave warrior, but it really means Jello, like Jello pudding, um, is what it <laughs> translates to. Um, and it just, it. yeah, so it was, it's like, so my thought, you know, the reason that Way Too Twag's podcast, A Big Pipe Power, stuck around as a name for so long is that I was like, okay, well, you know, clearly white supremacists will know, especially those early episodes, I would just, I would talk in Ojibwe a fair right, amount. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they'll know that, uh, they'll know that this isn't for white supremacy because I'm speaking indigenous language. Yeah. But, you know, that's absurd. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Ojibwe is not, uh, as much as it's a, a language that was spoke over a pretty huge uh, chunk of the United States and Canada, and the Algonquian language in general, like even farther spread, uh, Algonquian languages, it's not a thing that people identify. And even like that first year back in 2006 or seven, I remember people like blogging about the show saying, oh, my favorite parts are when you talk in Gaelic. I'm like, oh, I, oh, I do not oh, do that yeah, at all. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so so you, were, you were counting on other people uh, like doing research and things like that, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Google yeah, yeah. searches, for example. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, even then, you wouldn't be able to do it because I spell it just ever so slightly differently than it shows up in dictionaries. Uh, so, so there are so there were some misconceptions going on there. Uh, thanks again, James, for letting me play some of that. Um, so yeah, check out check out the rest of the podcast. I'll have links. You can listen to it anywhere, though. Uh, James has done a much better job of getting the podcast on all of the platforms. So uh, he's on Amazon, I think, even, uh, which I definitely haven't done yet. And Discord uh, and Apple and all that jazz. So yeah, check it out. Most of the episodes, I'll have a link to some of my favorites in the description. Um, the, but really, I won't. I'll have a, have a link to the ones that are sort of relevant to uh, what the podcast is. But my favorite ones are, like, he just interviews people in the bands uh, in Utah. I, I really enjoyed, uh, like, an episode with a child that was learning how to play drums, I think. Um, it was kind of adorable. But the whole point of joining on was to get all the pipers in Utah to kind of get to know one another, uh, I, I think is sort of the inspiration to it. But he's taken these lovely detours as well, where he interviews um, some, you know, kind of people that I look up to in the piping world, like Donald Lindsay, uh, and uh, Melvin Reeds, um, Timothy Cummings. Those are, are pretty epi- excellent episodes. Judy Barker, too. So, um, yeah, just check it out. It's a really good it's sort of become my favorite bagpipe podcast uh, in terms of bagpipe discussion, you know, uh, chatting, chatting podcasts. So yeah, check it out. Uh, and again, thank you, James. Uh, I was listening uh, to his back catalog quite a bit and listened to him and Timothy Cummings talk about uh, kind of historic hymns, like really old hymns and uh, 
Cummings has written this great book of a collection of hymns and with suggestions of like alternate fingerings and ways to adjust your chanter and drones to get optimal sound to go with them. And uh, yeah, James is putting together an album of those things mostly. Uh, so this is a little sneak peek of it. Uh, quite a quite a big sneak peek, I guess. He's being James is very generous with letting me play as many of these tunes as he is. So we're gonna start with Windsor. Um, so yeah, all of these come from the Piper's Hymnal, um, which is compiled by Timothy Cummings, and uh, again. Uh, James is kind enough to kind of send me some of his thoughts on these tunes and some information of it. So we're going to start with Windsor, which is accredited to William Damon around 1540 to 1591. Says life. Uh, alternate titles are according to the to thy steadfast love, Jesus, the very thought of thee, my God, how wonderful thou art. Um, and so Tim lists this as coming from Thomas S. Salster and Pop Sal Salter, 1592. Um, anyway, it's a, I, I liked it. It's a good tune. So here is Windsor by James Moyer. play is uh, much older. Uh, this one is Conditor Olne Sadrum, and uh, this tune comes from the 9th century. Uh, alternate titles, Creator of the Stars of Night, Lord, why have you forsaken me, O Radiant Light, O Sun Divine. I wanted to include this one uh, mostly because it shows just how much different types of sound James is getting out of his Walsh um, small pipes. Uh, James says he doesn't know much about 9th century liturgy, but he wanted to get a kind of monks chanting in the big cathedral kind of sound, which I definitely think he accomplishes. Uh, Tim calls out, so Timothy Cummings in the book calls out a C-sharp, D, C-sharp, B, C-sharp at the end of uh, at the end of the, the psalm as the Amen or Amen cadence. So listen to that. This is Conditor Alme Saidrum. <laughs>
So I think with that one, Tim, uh, James did do a little bit of adjusting with kind of reverb um, sound editing, but yeah, still pretty, pretty, pretty cool sounds using those different droning uh, drone positionings. Okay, next tune we are going to check out. Uh, I think this is the first one. Yeah, this one will sort of blow your mind a little bit. This is Cheshire. It's from the whole book of Psalms from 1592. Alternate titles are Let All Who Pray the Prayer Christ Taught, uh, Lord Who Made Oath in Your House, My Soul, and Silence Waits for God, uh, Where Charity and Love Prevail. So James also plays this the organ with this, or somebody plays organ with this. I think it's James. Um, and Holy Buckets, is that effective? So anyway, here is Cheshire. <laughs> is more than a little bit uh, of a humble guy and that was the first of a couple of tunes that he said this one I'm pretty proud of this one's pretty good some of the others I don't know um, and it's, it's incredible that like bagpipes and organ just work so much better than I would have expected um, it's just lovely okay so next we are going to play uh, another tune this one uh, or James's rather this is Lang Laughen. it's just listed as a Welsh folk melody in Timothy's book and uh, other titles are Lead On, O King Eternal, O Christified Redeemer, God Empower Us, uh, God Earth and Altar, and some more. Um, but yeah, it's another. It's one I just really liked. Uh, real solid tune. So here it is, Long Lawfen. Thank you. 
Yep, that's rad. <laughs> These are just so cool, man. Like, I don't know. I did not go to a church when I was a kid that had particularly interesting music. Uh, I think I would still be involved if uh, this was still the tunes. Uh, anyway, okay, we're going to go next to... Uh, what is this one called? It's got a funky name and it's got a jaw harp, so you know I love it. Uh, Beridin Vag for Haran. Uh, this is the source of this tune, according to Tim, uh, is Then Swanska Sambulkin, sixteen ninety seven, also known as Prepare the Way O Zion. And I am quite proud that uh, the reason that there is jaw harp on this tune, as James says, is all I can say about this one is that I'm sure glad I heard you playing jaw harp recently and got some serious envy sufficient to motivate me to seek out a quality harp. And indeed, it's really well done. Um, you know, when I think uh, psalms from the 17th century, I assume that there is jaw harps with all of them. Uh, yes, this is really well done. Burden Vag Verharen. from James is Detroit. Uh, this is a supplement to Kentucky Harmony from 1820, also known as Forgive Our Sins as We Forgive. So James said uh, that this tune is sort of best known from shape note singing, which I had no idea about, um, but apparently shape note singing shows up in some of Timothy's other collections, which is how James got into it. But I, I really love this tune, um, and it's not one that James told me to listen to, um, but I just really, really liked it, so I wanted to include it. But kind of looking at some recordings of shape notes singing, 
which again is, is often kind of religious music, but <laughs> James' description of it, uh, it's a really cool experience. You basically sit in a square and yell harmony at everyone else in the room as loudly as you can. I tried to get the same sort of harsh, sometimes nasalish sound out of the pipes for this recording. I think he succeeds. Uh, I like his pipe rendition a little bit better than actually listening to people shape notes saying, but um, that sounds like a blast. Um, the first week we were up here um, in Portage, I had some good friends come up to kind of help, uh, in theory to sow wigwams, but it was so, such a drought up here that it's a really hard year for getting birch bark, and I didn't want to go out into the bush and pick spruce roots, because I feel like gathering spruce roots in a drought is a really good way to hurt a spruce tree permanently, rather than kind of take a resource that it can reproduce later and not cause too much damage. So uh, anyway, we didn't wind up sowing birch bark um, shingles or wigwams, but we did wind up um, cooking and doing some demonstrations, making lacrosse um, balls and talking about medicine. And so I had a good time. But anyway, uh, it was one of my friends who's actually been on the podcast, Barrett. Uh, I had her sulky song on the podcast in the earlier rendition of it might have to get that back on but anyway barrett and i shared a couple songs um around the not campfire since there was a drought um anyway so definitely shape note singing sounds like a thing i can relate to and uh, just sounds absolutely lovely anyway here is detroit last of these tunes from james and uh i suppose timothy cummings as well um so anyway detroit <laughs> again huge thanks to james moyer really encourage everyone to cut check out uh, joining on podcast and you know get in touch with james tell him how much these tunes are awesome and how much he needs to release it as a band camp album so he can all buy it and i can uh when as soon as he does that i'll i'll mention it on the podcast but great tunes great piper cool dude really enjoyed talking with him uh, okay so it, it seems fitting to have kind of a makeshift episode that's largely hymns, uh, to finally include uh, Macintosh's Lament. So, you know, I I feel bad. I, I don't really have the um, mental capacity to talk about this right now because I'm, I'm just I'm pretty exhausted um, to, to do a little bit more research and talk about it. But there's this tradition that I keep coming across in uh, various 18th century accounts of the Highlands where people are talking about keening, um, this tradition of kind of women wailing at the graveside that lots of ministers and um, kind of religious leaders were trying to get away from, trying to they kind of convince this is some old pagan ritual and they didn't want it to happen anymore. Um, and people have argued that Peabrook sort of re- places keening and one of the tunes that um, is sort of most obviously potentially an old keening tune is Macintosh's Lament 
Um, I've always heard the story and told the story to visitors about Macintosh's Lament, or listeners, um, where it's, you know, the story of the, the good chief of Clan Macintosh, or Clan Chatton, named Macintosh, who's like, hey, we shouldn't steal from our neighbors, that's a bad idea, let's just make money, you know, a little bit slower, but honestly, and send some bad guys in Clan Chatton and kill them, and then that the tune is kind of talking about that. Um... The there's other there's other accounts of it too. Like I said, uh, I kind of don't have the energy to talk about it. Sorry, um, but hearing it discussed as a keening tune, I remember being confused about that. Like, how is this a keening tune? It's a song about like the two versions I had heard is either it was about this good chief that was murdered and then kind of avenging his death, or it was about a dude that died on a horse, uh, kind of riding back a little bit too fast. Which again maybe is a keening tune but it just didn't match the vibe of it so then looking through alexander campbell's book um alvin's anthology and oh wow like i see it <laughs> it's really something else um like i said 1816 alexander campbell does this collection this is one of the tunes we uh talked about or one of the collections we talked about during the patrick mcdonald discussion but the nice thing about Albans anthologies is in, it's bilingual, so it includes English and the Gaelic versions of many kind of old songs uh, in Scotland and the Isles, and this is no exception. So I was I felt very stupid when I first saw this. The I recognized it after singing it and or after playing it, like oh that's Macintosh's Lament, and I did a quick Google, couldn't find it. I was like, wow, how has nobody noticed this? This is incredible. Uh, and so they sent a message to James McDonald Reed. So big thanks to James McDonald Reed, who said, oh, yeah, I've heard this tune before. This is what you're looking for. And kind of gave me some guidance on the Gaelic, because I was thinking I was going to sing the Gaelic version. Um, and then in James's description, he sent me a link to Chris Gray performing his version of this tune. And the ironic thing is I had already emailed and messaged Chris Gray to get permission to play that very video on the podcast like months ago. Uh, as soon as I got Patrick McDonald's collection, I saw that Macintosh's Lament was in the back of it a couple different ways. And I was like, oh, I'm going to play Macintosh's Lament on the podcast. And I found um, Chris Gray's version, which is just lovely. Uh, anyway, so felt a bit stupid, realized that I already had permission to play a much better Gaelic version than I was ever going to um, be able to sing uh, from Chris Gray. So I just sang it in English. Um, the English words were right there. Um, there's a couple different English versions that Alexander Campbell has in the collection, so you can check those out. I'm singing the one that's supposed to be the more like word-for-word -word translation of the Gaelic song um but yeah listening to the song like oh it's a keening tune like this is very clearly um a song that would be comfortably wailed at the side of somebody's grave um i was thinking a lot about patrick mcdonald's um collection while singing it too and about um walter young's introduction they're kind of talking about how these gaelic airs go and i i know he was mostly talking about work songs when he says this but there's a part in the preface to Patrick McDonald's collection where he mentions that people could kind of join in and sing, um, and there would be so many people singing that you could kind of come and go. I don't know that this is really the case with Keening tunes, but for the sake of making music, I tell you, um, sing along with me. Like, the words are repetitive, and I spent um, like a week, maybe two weeks, walking around my neighborhood back in Iowa just listening to this recording of myself, which is uh, embarrassing, but it was just it was so good to sing along with like me singing alone uh not so good maybe but if you take your singing abilities 
uh, and sing with me, you'll, I think you'll find that it's, it's a pretty fun, um, pretty moving bit of music. Um, I am trying to, I made some slight adjustments to Campbell's version. One of the things I was reading about keening tunes was that um, kind of repeating things in threes winds up being important, and Macintosh's Lament doesn't have a three pulse. Well, it has three pulse, but it, it doesn't have like it's it's a, it's a weird pibroch, right? So if you if you're not familiar with Macintosh's Lament, this might mean nothing to you. If you are familiar with Macintosh's Lament, I'm sure I'm explaining this poorly, but you know Macintosh's Lament is different from a lot of pibrochs where you know there's rather than a thumb variation, the thumb variation is kind of baked into the ground. So the ground will be you know, the first line of the ground, and then the second line of the ground, and then the third line is the thumb variation is kind of built into it. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I'm doing it justice, but if you play the Pibrak, I think you'll recognize what I'm doing with the singing, where I'm trying to replicate uh, at least the the one, two, three order of the um, of the Pibrak and then resetting rather than doing the fourth line of the ground. Uh, I also then play the Pibrak, Macintosh's Lament. Um, I still don't know where I should have started it. It is clear to me, looking at the music that Campbell has, that the song is sung to the doubling. Um, and then I just started with the Tarlua and did a Kromlua doubling with it. Um, again, I am a huge fan of when you're playing Pibrook to play the things you want to play and that make musical sense to you. Um, so I played around with a couple different ways of doing this. One way I sung the tune, I, I sang the song and then played uh, the doubling and then into the Tarlua and Tarlua doubling, Kremlua, Kremlua doubling. It just it didn't, didn't feel right. This is the most right it feels, but I still think I would revisit it. Um, I think you'll get the point. Anyway, so here is me singing um, Macintosh's Lament uh, or Oh My Love Leave Me Not or um, I think the closest translation of the Gaelic is what I said at the beginning, which is um, in the breach of the garden. So, hope you enjoy. Alas, my love, they've laid thee low. Alas, my love, they have laid thee low. Alas, my love, they have laid thee low. In the breach of the garden, it is pity I was not there. Pity I was not there. Tis pity I was not there. And for none neither hand of me. Alas, my love, they Alas, 
the garden. The ale which they brewed for thy bridal, the ale which they brewed for thy bridal, the ale which they brewed for thy I like wake. I was a maid and a bride. I was a maid and a bride. I was a maid and a bride. same time. Alas, my love, they've laid me low. Alas, my love, they have laid me low. Alas, my love, they've garden Thou wert without a fault in the world Thou wert without a fault in the world Thou wert without a fault in the world except that thy being was not given to be lasting. Alas, my love, they've laid thee low. Alas, my love, they have laid thee low. Alas, my love, they have laid thee low. In the breach of the garden.
Okay, and finally, let's go out with uh, Chris Gray. So yeah, that version of me singing, if it was bad, remember, it's your fault for not singing along with me and making it better. Um, okay, so now we're going to go out with Chris Gray. Uh, so Chris Gray, like I said, wonderful piper. He's got a great piping album too, um, but also does... Uh, just a great job playing piano. So um, this is quite a quite a group of musicians here. So it's Chris Gray on piano, uh, Misha McPherson on vocals, Graham McKenzie on fiddle, Bernadette Kellerman on fiddle, and Alice Allen on cello. It's just it's just lovely. It's a lovely setting of Macintosh's Lament uh, with the song. So hope you enjoy it. That's what we're gonna go out on. Um, thanks everybody for hanging in during our kind of every other week phase i did release a bonus episode last week so it's a good time to go check that out uh, i think we will again not have an episode next week and the next episode we have is hopefully going to be it's sort of bizarre it's not going to be me um i somehow i always feel worried that i'm just over promoting the podcast everybody must be so sick of hearing me talk about it or post links to it um, in various forums and then I posted this mug that I made with the podcast logo on it on Instagram. And the number of people that were like, wait, you have a podcast? Blew my mind. I don't think they were trolling me. Um, but one person on there had recorded a podcast segment um, and didn't really know what to do with it. So we're going to listen to basically uh, an episode he recorded intending it to be on the Blarney Pilgrims podcast, which is done or taking a hiatus. It's a lovely show. Um but that's not around anymore uh, currently. So he sent it to me to, to play it. So I'm waiting to get some tunes from him to include in it. Um, but it's just a lovely, um, lovely interview between um, this guy and uh, Pipe Maker. Uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll talk about that on that episode. I'll do some introducing. But um, so yeah, if you want to support the podcast, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash waytotwag. There's now four bonus episodes over there. Um, and some other kind of behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, we just made 10 patrons, so that was pretty rad. And it's nice to have a nice round number. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, next episode that I'm on, I tell you, I will not be quite so tired. <laughs> um, thanks again to Chris uh, Gray for letting me play this tune. Again, check out his links. Be sure to check out Droning On Podcast with James Moyer. Um, and I'll have a link to his website. I'll also have a link to uh, Timothy Cummings' book if you want to look at more old hymns and their settings for bagpipes, as well as recommendations on kind of how to get those adjusted tunings. So, all right, cheers. Macintosh's Lament.
Oh, you're the
Thank you.